You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. All right, well, Bo and Katie, I'm pumped because we've, we've made it to the end of the pursuit. You know, 12 weeks ago, we started this journey saying that we're going to go through, you know, 12 lessons just for people coming out of Mormonism to help them to understand what it really means to be what we've been calling a full circle of Christian, someone who, number one, trusts Jesus for salvation, which is so different than the message that you get in the Mormon church. But, but it's the biblical message that we trust Jesus for salvation. Then we talked for a while about, okay, then it does mean that we live lives to honor God, that it's not, you know, kind of like the claim against Mormons that, uh, or sorry, against Christians that Mormons make that that grace is a license to sin. And sadly, sometimes that is true for some quote unquote Christians who live like that. But what we've been saying in this series is, well, no, that's actually not what the Bible says. The Bible says that that, that the change should happen from the inside out that your saving faith should impact the way you live your lives. And so that was that's the second part, right? So it's a circle. Like arrow one is we trust Jesus for salvation. Arrow two then is that we live our lives to honor God. And to go full circle as a Christian is this last thing we've been talking about in these last few lessons, which is that that actually God wants all of us to be missionaries, not like Mormon missionaries with ties that go and we give like two years of our lives. But but actually that you live your life on purpose and you try to help people to come to know Jesus like you've come to know him. So this is something, guys, that I've got to witness in your life, just how naturally this has come to you. I love it. Um, and not just you guys, but a lot of people that we've met who've come out of Mormonism, who've embraced Christianity. And now I love this, guys, because you want to go back in and, well, not go back into the wards, but but go back, you know. Stay connected to family and friends and help them. Help them to know Jesus. And I love this, Bo. You say I feel like you say this just about every episode. Like you talk about, don't just leave Mormonism, but but really embrace the biblical Christianity because it's so easy to just throw the you know the baby out with the bathwater. It is. I was actually about to hop into that again, and so you stole the words right right out from my mouth. So yeah, I look. Um, it's it, it happens a lot. We see it a lot, and and it's why we're. Um, recording these podcasts is to help people understand that just because Joseph Smith, um, you know, may have uh, altered Christianity and, and morphed it into a religion that you, that you ultimately learned or grew up in or were converted to at some point in your life, that doesn't mean that God isn't real. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It, it doesn't mean that um, he's not pursuing you right? Like God is there, God is real, and God wants to, to not only be in relationship with you, but God wants for you to reach out to others uh, and, and continue that, like you said, Brian, that full circle. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's something that KD and myself are just so grateful to be a part of, um, and it's just been incredible to see lives change and kind of the, the light bulb moment for so many when they when they come to realize that it's it's not just this hamster wheel of works, uh, but it really is the grace of Christ that saves us, mm-hmm. and the change that happens inward when that realization takes place, when you give your life to Jesus, that's when you just you want to to serve Him, you want to show your love for Him, and you want to show your love for others. 
Yeah, and I feel like I've seen like one of two things happen for people who come out of Mormonism. One is one is that they can get really bitter and angry and and they just and then they just kind of tear down uh, Mormonism um, and really kind of burn bridges even with friends and families. And I appreciate that you guys have done the other thing. And the other thing, which I think is the biblical Christ-like healthy thing, I, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to point fingers at people who do that. Maybe I would have even been in the first group, honestly, if I've lived if I lived my whole life and then came to the realization that you guys have come to. I'm really impressed. I think it's just the spirit of God that's allowing you to have grace for some of your story and what you've been through. But I love that you guys your your reaction is to say, no, we we want to just love people. We want to be gracious with people. We want to not burn bridges, but but we want to still offer truth to people. And you guys have found that a lot of people want to know, right? I mean, when you guys first came out of Mormonism, uh, were you guys surprised at how, at the reaction that you got from so many of your, you know, friends and family and coworkers that were still going to the Mormon ward week in and week out? Yeah, I I would say that was the most surprising thing. I I probably expected maybe even... um... I don't know what I expected more, more people to, to judge me or to maybe avoid me or whatever in the hallways. And it was the opposite, right? Like what ended up happening was, was people were like, Hey, so tell me more about how that happened. Cause I'm going through something similar. I haven't told anybody about this and, uh, and I'm really struggling with my faith, but you know, it's interesting. Hardly any of those people were struggling with their faith in Jesus or what the Bible teaches about Jesus, Mm. like those people were struggling with their belief in Mormonism. And so I just think there's such a common thread with so many people, especially right now, because information is available more than it ever has been, right? right? The the internet allowed for a lot of history that had been covered up and denied to become available. And now you've got a a generation of, of Mormons who have this information at their fingertips and are questioning more than ever and they don't know where to go for answers so um so i would say yeah brian for us it was surprising how many people were actually interested in learning more um rather than than judging us for for leaving yeah and i've been doing ministry in utah for over 20 years and i really think there's a change because i don't think it was always like that you know five years ago ten years ago people would in your situation would say, oh man, I'm just getting so much pushback from everybody in my life. And that makes it obviously really hard. Um, But you guys and so many others that we've talked to are having similar reactions from friends, not not everybody, but from, from many friends and family members who are saying, tell me more about it. And there's a little bit more of an openness. And I personally believe, guys, that part of the reason is because the Mormon church has worked so hard in recent years to, to rebrand themselves as Christian. We probably need to do a whole episode on this, the rebranding of the Mormon church. But I think it's backfired on them. And I think what it's done is it's prepared the hearts of a lot of um, Mormons to, I don't know, is it, go, is it too far for me to say, KD, that maybe that some Mormons are feeling like it's actually okay to check out another church, a non-Mormon church? Is that going a little too far to say that? But it's definitely loosened it up a bit, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's loosened it up a little bit because um, I I think when you grow up in the Mormon church, you think that that's all that there is. 
And especially when I was growing up, we were, we proudly called ourselves Mormon. We were proudly a peculiar people. And now they've changed and they want to be more a, like, like you said, they've kind of done a little bit of a rebranding and want to be seen more as like a Christian denomination. And, um, that opens people's minds, right? That, that makes them say, oh, I am a Christian. And if they meet a Christian, you know, sometimes that person may say, well, so am I. So what are the differences then? You know, and so that makes them maybe question like, what are the differences between Christianity and Mormonism? And also, like you said, maybe opens it up where they they feel, oh, well, yeah, I'm already Christian. So going to a non-denominational Christian church doesn't feel like such a, such a jump as before. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I also think that they're noticing more and more the lack of Jesus on Sunday. Um, and the lack of Jesus in the doctrine of Mormonism. And the more the church tries to um, be put, a, put the face on as a, as a Christian denomination, I think the more people realize the, the lack of Jesus on Sundays. Now, that's not to say the Mormon church doesn't teach about Jesus. They teach about the life of Jesus from the Bible, but they teach a lot of other things that aren't biblical about Jesus. And when you get the picture wrong um, about Jesus, the the truth of it is lacking and, uh, and, and you'll be left, um, wanting in, in that case. And so I think a lot of the people that, that we've talked to since leaving the Mormon church have been just so interested in that specifically, right. And in, in the relationship with God and how to deepen it and how to find Jesus in the pages of the Bible more than ever before, I think is there, there's been interest there. So yeah, Brian, it's, it's an interesting take. Um, I like that hot take actually, that mm-hmm. the more Christian they try to be, um, the more they're losing members, uh, that that's probably the case. And you're right. I think we should definitely do an episode on the rebrand of the Mormon mm-hmm. church. Cause it's been interesting over the last decade, uh, plus for sure. So for all of our listeners, you know, today in this final episode in the pursuit, so 12 weeks of the pursuit, we're going to keep going in the podcast. Hopefully you'll keep tuning in and we're going to just be covering all kinds of fun stuff in the weeks and months ahead. But but today we finish up the pursuit, and what we're what we're going to talk about today are kind of five, I don't know, like five important essentials to remember to go out if you're going to try to help someone um, make the transition from Mormonism to biblical Christianity. We, you know, we call it leaving well. We have a series that we did called Leaving Well uh, a few months back on this podcast. So, so we're going to talk about, and guys, I want I want to hear from you how you've actually done this in relationships in your life. But the whole point is that if you're a listener with a Mormon background, God has God has written your story. And I love Bo and Katie that you see your stories like this. God has written your story for a purpose. Like you don't have to feel like a victim, but instead you can look and say, you know what, maybe this is a good thing that even though maybe there's some things that you you wish were different in your life. I mean, you guys are in your 30s now, and you could look back, I guess, if you're going to look at it negatively, you could say, man, I, I wasted 30 years of my life. Or you can say, this is part of the story that God wrote for us, so that we can go full circle, right, the third part of the arrow, and actually help people, not, not like go on a mission for two years, we don't do that. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's actually really cool that the Mormons do that. But but to live your life as missionaries, to say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quit my day job, 
but I'm really going to be paying attention to who God puts in my path. Pro- a lot of these people probably are going to have a Mormon background, and you're going to relate to them so much better than I can, and God's going to use you. I'm so excited, and not just this last several months, we've seen it already, but what God's going to do in the next several years through your guys' uh, I mean, personal ministry, essentially, because you're going you're going to be applying these essentials in the in the months and years ahead. Yeah, you know it's interesting when when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, right? Uh, he says to love God and and to love people. Like that, that that's it. If you love God and you love people, uh, you are following Jesus. And um, as we look through, you know, how we can kind of complete that circle and and help others come to Jesus. Those two <laughs> commandments are still the most important too. It, it's committing to a relationship with God and with people, right? And as you as you focus on the person that you're that you're talking to, the person that you're meeting with, the person that you're mentoring, whatever that relationship looks like, it needs to be a relationship. Yeah, Bo, you've gotten so good at this. I mean, you just set us up for that first essential principle, which it is, it's a real relationship. You know, when we, when I talk about this to just the general Christian and who's trying to learn how to use the pursue God tools to make disciples, usually I'm saying, okay, this is somebody that maybe you didn't really even know before, but, but, but you got connected to them, maybe at church or whatever. And so when we, when we talk about this in the generic sense, we're saying, don't be just so focused on information don't be so focused on curriculum. Don't be f- so focused on strategy. And we talked about some of the strategy last week. You can use tools like the Leaving Well series and the and this Pursue God podcast or the Unveiling Mormonism podcast. And there's all these resources online at PursueGod.org. But what we want to start with at the very beginning is don't make it about the tool. Don't make it about the strategy. Don't make it about the curriculum. It's about a relationship. You know, Jesus is the, was the first example of this. John 15 uh, in verse verses 12 to 17, he's he's kind of giving his 12 disciples this final pep talk, and he says this, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay one one's life down for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love each other. It's so interesting. I see these two things just interwoven in this passage. Like you can't even, Jesus just goes back and forth between these two things, mission and love, or another way to say that is relationship. So mission and relationship. And we're talking here in, in these last few lessons about being on mission with Jesus and going out and making disciples and helping the, the, the person who was, who's still in the Mormon church, but who wants out, like help them. So that's the mission part of it. But I love that what Jesus is saying is you can never divorce mission from relationship. Like you can't, all, you can't ever make it about I don't know, like in the Christian church, we would say another notch in your belt. I don't know if that's a, a thing for Mormon missionaries, Bo, when you when you converted when you converted people on your mission, did, did you guys t- use language like that? Another notch in my belt. Look, I got another one. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, we, we kept track of all of that, including yeah. every person that we ever talked to. I mean, we I had a golf clicker, and I would click it every time I shared the gospel with somebody, and I would keep track every day. So yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, that's mission. That's like living on mission, maybe maybe a little bit too legalistically, but I appreciate the sentiment behind it, right? You're living on mission, at least you thought you were. And, and what Jesus is saying here in John 15 is, he's saying it's not just about mission. I've, I've, it's been about building a relationship with you. I mean, Jesus spent three years with these disciples, building a relationship with them. And so I think it's important for everyone who's listening that you're not just running out there trying to convert a bunch of people. You're really thinking about them as people um, who need, I mean, really, guys, they need relationships. Isn't that true for your story that when you came out of the Mormon church, you guys needed some real relationships like right away because you were giving up so many relationships? Yeah, absolutely. We were so blessed to find, you know, Alpine and have you and Tracy lead us through, but it was, yeah, it was, we really needed people to help us. And we've been just so blessed to be able to now give that same thing back to others. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, right? Like if, uh, if, if you start, you know, helping others find Jesus, if you start trying to make disciples, I think sometimes you can treat it as that golf clicker, right? Where you're, you're checking the box of, okay, I talked to somebody, the, the mission side of it, like you said. Um, but the, the difference between that and a relationship is, is pretty stark, right? A relationship takes time to build. And it, it, you're, when you have a healthy relationship, you don't enter the relationship looking to get something out of the relationship. You look to give love to that person. And, um, and I think ultimately that's, that's what God wants us to do, right, is to, uh, to give his love to others. Maybe you can help our listeners, because not everyone's got LDS background. Some people are Christians listening to this, trying to think about helping some other Mormons. I mean, we've had people, I mean, guys, we've had people kind of all around the country, not even just in Utah, who have said, I'm using these resources to try to help Mormons in my neighborhood or at work, coworkers. So maybe it's helpful for you guys to clue in even the Christian listeners who want to make disciples among Mormons, like what, like how does a Mormon, how does, how scary is this for a Mormon? I think it's probably helpful for you to speak to this, to think about everything that you're going to have to give up and you're not really sure what you're going to gain, at least relationally on the other side. It's really scary. I mean, you, you think about the family relationships first, right? You think about um, potentially covenants that you've made or you were told that you made to God, right? You, you think about the community in which you live, the friendships that you have, and it, it really, the, you know, that the impact is pretty big as you start to go through it. And so you do, you get pretty nervous. And, and for a lot of people, uh, they're in that spot right now where I think they've learned some things, they've studied a bit of history, uh, maybe they've been listening to this podcast, right? Maybe they, they read the, you know, the gospel topics essays on the church website and realized, okay, a lot of this anti-Mormon stuff I was told was not true is being admitted to, what do I do, right? And they're in a pretty, a pretty tough spot. Uh, so the best thing we can do is just send them 200 links of stuff to read <laughs> and the CES letter and the gospel <laughs> topics essay, like just send it all right at once. Like that, that was, I think my, my go-to the very first time I got asked about it, yep. which of course is the wrong approach. 
Oh, there you go again, Bo, setting up the second essential. Okay, so the first essential is to commit to a real relationship. But then the second thing is, oh, man, that's so true. So let's spend some time on this. It's to share the right truth at the right time. Is to, And sometimes that means you have to hold back a little. You guys, I'm sure, have learned this because there's, you guys at this point have got so much to share. I mean, there's like no end to these episode topics that we, that we want to talk about. We keep building our list. And by the way, to our listeners, you can send in your ideas to podcast at pursuegod.org. But we've got so many ideas to talk about. And it's so easy to approach this. But, you, but we have to remember, right, that this person is kind of coming out of a lot of confusion. So you have to be careful about what you share. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the the most important thing to do is listen. That's what I've learned. Because um, it is really tempting to just want to almost dump, you know, on the person, especially if you're like, oh, I've been learning about Mormonism, if you're a Christian, or maybe you you grew up with a Mormon background, and you just want to dump all of the stuff you've been learning on them, but really listening and then paying attention to them and then being able to help them with their walk, whatever that may be, whatever they're struggling with. Yeah, listening is so important. And, and, and listening with intent, not listening to think about the next thing you're going to say, but really listening to the individual and understanding their heart, I think is just so critical because again, like this is a relationship and, uh, and as you listen, KD tells me in relationships, um, they improve, <laughs> right? So you're learning. This is, a, <laughs> this is quickly becoming a marriage topic now, isn't it? <laughs> I want to read this passage, 1 Corinthians 2.14. This is so good for people to hear and to understand. Um, Paul is saying this to the church in Corinth. He says, but people who aren't spiritual, or maybe I would, I would maybe say who aren't, Christians yet, let's just say that, people who aren't Christians yet can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So I think what Paul's saying there is only the people, like there's going to be a, there's going to be something that happens because the Holy Spirit opens up their ability to hear and listen and that's why, Katie, it's so important for you as a disciple maker to, like it's, I like to use the, I don't know, this is like an old term, but like a midwife. A midwife is someone who is paying attention to the, to the woman who's, who's getting ready to have a baby. And a, a good midwife knows the signs, knows when the, when the mom is ready. And that's, I know this is kind of a weird example, but that's how I've always thought I've thought about it. In fact, I think there's a concept out there, spiritual midwifery. I know that sounds really weird, but it's that you're paying attention to the person you're trying to help. And you're and it's not it's not just that you're paying attention to to what they're saying, but also you're just paying attention to what they're ready for. I don't know, it's 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 maybe it sounds really weird for me to say it like this, but it it really is a little bit of an art, not so much a science. And KD, I knew I know you've experienced this a lot because you've been discipling some gals who um you know, probably at first you're like, "Yeah, let's cover this, this, this and this," and then you realize you had to probably simplify some things because they weren't really ready for for everything that that you had already learned. It's it's really important to listen and and to like you said, clue into to certain things that they're saying. Like now, I will listen and ask questions 
And if they say something, you know, that maybe I don't agree with, or I know I'm like, Ooh, I don't think that's right. I don't say that right away. Not always, sometimes, but depending on where we are in our relationship, but I'll just let them talk, you know, just let them talk and kind of just take little mental notes of where they're at. And then, you know, maybe I'll give them resources at that moment, or maybe I just listen and, and I, it's important to be ready to change maybe the thing you were thinking you would talk about. Maybe you, you meet up and you want to talk about one thing and then they come to you and this happens so often. Um, they'll come to you and say, you know what, this has really been bothering me, or I've been really thinking about this and it's important to be able to, you know, to change the, the topic that they want to what they want to talk about. Cause it's not about me at all. And that's such an important one to remember that what worked for you and in your light bulb moment is different for, uh, for how God's going to speak to them in their heart. And, uh, and sometimes that can be hard, right? Cause sometimes you, you just, uh, you want them to know the truth so bad that you're like, well, no, this is, this is what's going to work because it worked for me. Right. And, uh, and sometimes it can get even a bit, I remember, uh, a few times us, us chatting late at night and just being so, you know, disheartened or whatever that, uh, maybe someone didn't, um, respond in faith mm. that, that we were hoping would, uh, and, and that can be a bit tricky to, to deal with too, right? When, when you're like, well, did, did I say something wrong? Did we, did we say, say something wrong, right? Like that, that can come up too. And, uh, it's, it's important to remember that that is not your job. Which you did it again. There, there you go, Bo. You did it again. You led us to the third essential, which is, to, this is so good for people to hear. Just do your part, not God's. You can't, you can't, I want to talk to every future disciple maker listening right now. You can't make someone else pursue God. You can't, you can't make your kids pursue God. You can't make your parents pursue God. We might have some spouses listening who are praying for their spouse. They've come out of the Mormon church, but their spouse hasn't. That happens a ton. You can't make your husband pursue God or your wife pursue God. Here's what you can do. You can walk alongside them. You can keep showing up. Sometimes they don't even show up. Let's say you're discipling someone and you, you're meeting on Tuesday for coffee and they bail on you. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. That's not your thing. That's their thing. You just do your part. Let God do his part. So your part is to be there, is to listen. Like you said, KD, your part is to gu gently guide them. Your part is to pay attention to where, where they are along the way. Your part is probably to suggest series like, hey, let's go through Leaving Well together, or let's go through the Trinity series, or let's go through the Pursuit together, whatever. Let's do some topics from Pursue God, or let's just look at some verses together, whatever it is. You do your part and trust that God is even more invested in that than you are. And that that's really powerful to think about is that God is more invested in their journey than you are. You know, I think in week one of the Pursuit, we said this, that before you even thought about pursuing God, God was already pursuing you. And so that's not just true about you. If you're listening right now and you're a believer, maybe you can go back and think about some of the times when you were hard-hearted and stubborn and you weren't ready. You didn't have ears to hear it just yet, but here you are, you're a Christian now. And the same thing can happen for the person that you're praying for, that you're trying to disciple, um, that you're trying to walk along with. Yeah, I think it's really important to just remember that you know, as believers, the Holy Spirit is with us and God loves that person way more, like you said. And 
um, we can lean into that, the Holy Spirit, and God will speak through us. And sometimes we'll feel like we said the wrong thing. I've felt like that many times. But it's, like you said, not about me. And you know what? Whether or not you feel like you said the wrong thing or the right thing, what they hear is what God wants them to hear and what God puts in their heart. And and that's the important thing, right? Like that that's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job, like you said, Brian, is to to keep showing up, to be there, to walk alongside them. And uh and the Holy Spirit's job is to to take that message into their heart. And um and that's that's the fun part. Holy smokes. When when you see somebody start to change, when you see them uh start to realize who God is and uh and when you see them start to accept Jesus as their savior when when you see that happen it is uh it's worth whatever journey whatever whatever walk along you're you're doing um because because you were able to witness God's power and uh and it's incredible talk about that for a second with your kids because you you guys have younger kids and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have kids you know maybe in the elementary ages and I, I think it's real it'll be really cool for people to hear um, how how your kids have responded to this like major change in their life this is a major change at eight nine years old five six years old and so talk about a couple things first of all how how have they responded and then secondly, how how are you discipling your kids, right? Because that's the first responsibility we have. So for any parents who are listening to this, who have come out of the Mormon church, like your first priority is to make sure that you're discipling your kids. If they're young enough, especially. Now, some of our listeners maybe have kids who are already adults, grown up, they're out of the house. That's a little different. But but talk a little bit to that, how that's worked in your household. Yeah, that we were so nervous about this when we first were looking for a Christian church, for a Bible-believing church, because we, uh, our kids are obviously the most important thing to us. And, and so we just really needed to find a, a Bible-believing church that had what we felt to be structure for the kids, number one, at church, um, and, then, and then a church that taught Jesus, right? That Jesus was the center. And uh, we were shocked at what happened. Uh, we're, we're probably a month, maybe two months into going uh, to Alpine Church, and our kids are talking about God more than they ever had, right? Like they're, they're volunteering for prayer, and they are asking for Bible study, and they're talking about Jesus. And like it was this awakening in our kids that was so surprising. I was not expecting this at all. I was expecting quite the kickback. I was expecting, hey, we, we want to go back to our old church. That's where all of our friends are or our neighbors are. And it was so different. Mm-hmm. And look, that's not going to be the case for everybody. But for us, it was, yeah, it was so cool to see. It was so cool to watch. And, and seeing them uh, draw closer to, to Christ has been incredible this last year. Yeah, they speak a lot more about Jesus, which we started this whole journey looking for Jesus, and we're just so grateful. And, you know, one thing that it's, our kids are young, and they're very impressionable, um, and this is a really formative time in their youth, and to see their parents, to see us 
say, you know what? We live, we grew up like this. We, we believed this way. And now we have discovered that the Bible is reliable and we are changing our mind. That's, that's been huge for them. They've asked so many questions and we love the questions. We encourage them to ask lots and lots of questions. Um, that could probably be, you know, relatable to anybody you disciple, encourage the questions. You won't know all of the answers. I don't know all of the answers, even to some of my kids' questions. Um, but I know where to find it and I know it's in the Bible. And I know that my relationship with Jesus and watching my kids' relationship grow with Jesus is so amazing. Well, yeah, and I would encourage parents out there, um, you know, if your kids are younger, you don't really need to do a lot of the Mormon topics and the, you know, you don't have to go to the Mormonism page at PursueGod.org to find topics to talk about with your kids. Now, maybe some of that would still be helpful for them, but if they're young enough, if they're six, seven, eight, nine, just go to the kids' page. Go to the kids category at PursueGod.org and do some of those kids topics about Jesus and about the Bible and about grace and about the church and all that stuff. I mean, just keep it simple with your kids. And, you know, so many of the things that the Mormons do get right, you know, some of the stuff about like family time and family home evening and all that kind of stuff, like just, just, just repurpose that stuff to talk about Jesus and to talk about the Bible. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be this big production. It doesn't have to be kind of um, what I think we always felt pressured in to, to doing for Family Home Evening, was, which was just this massive thing, um, because you had to be, not only did you have to do it, but you had to make sure everybody knew that you were <laughs> doing it. But, but yeah, with Family, uh, I think there's two things that we've done, and it's been, it's been so fun. Outside of, well, I would say three things. One is... Um, going to church, right, and making sure that that's a, a routine. But the the kind of the two main things that we do at home. One is we try to do a kids topic um, once a week if we can, and it's so easy. It's I think it's about ten minutes, right? There's like a two ooh, five minute video uh, from Pursue God Kids, and uh, and then there's just a couple simple questions. It always sparks a fun conversation and those conversations can go anywhere and it's great. <laughs> and then the, the other thing that we do, um, oh, and the kids always want to watch to the end of the video because there's always some funny thing at the end and they're like, wait, 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 wait to the end, wait to the end. Uh, anyway. And then the other thing that we do is just every night. Uh, okay. I shouldn't say every night, most nights we'll go most nights. You don't have to fake it anymore, Bo. Exactly. You don't have to fake it. Um, what we try to do is, uh, we use the, the Bible app, the, the U version Bible app, and it has like a prayer section that has a single verse, sometimes two verses with a simple prayer. And, uh, we do that with our kids and they love it. They'll go get their Bibles. They read along. It's kind of fun. Um, does that happen every day? No, but, uh, but we try to do it and, um, it's been awesome. And, and, and again, like I said, it sparks pretty fun conversation with the kids. Okay, let's recap the Disciple Maker Essentials. Number one, commit to a real relationship. Number two, share the right truth at the right time. Number three, just do your part, not God's part. Number four, this is so important, point it all to Jesus. I, you know, I, a lot of times we call disciple making mentoring because we wanted to use a term that was maybe a little bit more understandable to the unchurched person. So someone comes into our church and we we made this decision years ago. We're going to call this mentoring instead of disciple making, but kind of we use them interchangeably. But 
but sometimes when you talk about mentoring, you're just saying, hey, we're going to just help you be a better person. You know, we're going to get some help, self-help books and we want to help you become a better person. Um, it, it's, it's tempting, I think, to turn uh, faith into that. I think in, a, in, some, in some sense, that's Mormonism. Mormonism is about trying to be a better person. I mean, Mormons are good people for the most part. Mormons have a reputation of being good people. There are a lot of Mormons who are out there listening or former Mormons who genuinely like are really trying hard to be a good person. So I really want every Mormon and former Mormon and listeners who just want to help Mormons, I want everyone to hear this, point it all to the real Jesus, to the Jesus of the Bible, because we've said it how many times on this podcast? What you believe about Jesus is the most important thing about you, and you better point your Mormon friends and neighbors and family members, you better point people to the biblical Jesus, which is so different from the Mormon Jesus. That's such a good point. And and if you don't, um, these, these discipleship conversations with people with a Mormon background can turn into something different entirely, right? They can turn into a, a gripe session about the Mormon church or, you know, uh, kind of exchanging disses of what you didn't like about the Mormon church and then what they didn't like. And then, I mean, you leave and it's, it's great you're able to get some things off your chest, but do you leave edified? Do you leave um, thinking about God? Do you leave thinking, yeah, a relationship with Jesus is, is what I want? Like you don't, right? So that, it's just such an important point. And it's, it's something to keep in mind because people do have a lot on their chest. They do have a lot of baggage that they want to talk through. I'm not saying don't talk through it, but as you talk through that stuff, you need to remember to point it all to Jesus. That's easy to, is it, have you noticed, is it easy to turn it into like a bash, like a Mormon bash session or a Joseph Smith bash session or a, my bishop or my parents or whatever, right? It, it can turn into that, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we've had several conversations with people where um, that's all they wanted it to be, right? They, <laughs> uh, I don't know that they engaged in order to, to maybe find Jesus. Maybe they're not ready for it mm-hmm. yet, but, but they engaged to, to be able to have someone to listen to while they kind of just unload on the Mormon church. And, and I get that. They're, and we, that's why we have the Leaving Well series, right? It's a four-week series where you go through the emotions and the, some of the baggage that you're left with when, um, when you kind of find out that you know, what you were taught isn't necessarily what history reflects. And so, um, but Katie already said this, as you listen and really listen, um, you're able to understand where they're coming from and, and, and build a relationship. And as you build that relationship, you point that to Jesus. That's the most important thing you can do. Because again, um, if, if you don't, <laughs> then yeah, it can, it can turn into a bash session pretty quick. Yeah. I think when you listen, um, that's really important. And sometimes I've had conversations with people that were quite obviously really bitter and didn't, didn't necessarily want to talk about the Bible or about Christianity, you know, but I would just slip little things in there. (laughs) Just, you know, obviously I relate to everything they're saying. Really, I do. And I, I have a heart for it for sure. But sometimes I'll just say, well, you know, I think, don't you think God would, would be bigger than Joseph Smith? Don't you think God would provide us the truth? you know, through the ages. And, you know, some people are just like, well, I just am not ready for that. I feel so hurt 
and I just don't, I'm not ready for any religion, which is fine. That's totally fine. But that also leaves a little note for them that like, if they ever do want to come ask me questions or engage, I see them all the time. So if they ever do want to engage, say, Hey, so you were saying something about, you know, like Jesus is different or the Bible is reliable. How, how do you know that? You know, it just leaves a little, a little opening that to let them know that if they ever want to ask me a question, that's fine. I'm open to talking about it. And sometimes it's just your life just points them to Jesus. Like you guys are such a great example of you're not bitter. You're not, you're not snarky with people. You're not getting on social media, like tearing Mormonism down. You just, you love Jesus. Your kids love Jesus. That is a witness to people. That's a witness to your family, to your friends. Um, And so it's, you know, it's not even just your words that point people to Jesus. It's just your life. It's the freedom you're experiencing. It's the joy you have. I mean, people have to notice there's something different about you guys now. Yeah, I think too, um, we've probably mentioned this before, but within the Mormon church, when they talk about people who leave, they say, well, they're bitter, they're angry, they're offended, they're unhappy. And so when they see, you know, when your friends and family see you leave and then for us, they've seen us change and be happier. And we've, we've been loving, you know, going to church now. We just, we look forward to it every single week and our kids do too. That makes an impact. They, they, hopefully they see, wow, okay, this is, they aren't leaving in the same way that I was taught that people leave. They're not angry. They're not out. I mean, nothing wrong with partying, but like, well, maybe too much, but they're not going out and doing all that crazy stuff. They're actually, they seem happy and content. And that's, that's when you can point all back to Jesus for them. And that doesn't mean that you put on a fake face and that you try to act, um, super happy. I, I think what we're just trying to get across here is that when you come to faith in Jesus and when you give your life to him, the spirit of God enters in you and you do change. And, uh, and that's the life that, that flows out of you. And so, uh, yeah, I, I it's, it's been incredible that the change that's happened in our lives this last year and uh, excited to see, you know, where, where it leads. And I think, um, in, in our relationships this past year, it's, uh, it has, created opportunities to share Jesus with so many. It's been incredible. I did not expect it at all. And um, yeah, I just have, have God to thank for it. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because, you, you know, we, we've, we've had all these different conversations with each other, with our kids, with our friends, with, uh, with family, and with people that randomly reach out um, and how do I say this? I, all I know is that, uh, that God is behind it and, and that God is pursuing them. And if you're listening right now, uh, God's pursuing you. And, uh, it's, it's my belief and my prayer that, uh, you know, that, that, that he'll continue to pursue you and that you'll respond in faith. And that's, that's the coolest thing that I've ever seen is, is when someone responds in faith and, um, for, for us, obviously it changed our lives and that's just what I want for others. There's one last essential and it's pretty simple. And KD, I know this is one you can probably speak to cause you're a journal person. So here it is. This is pray, 
pray, pray. Like at the end of the day, you're you're committing to a relationship, you're sharing truth, you're trying to do your part, you're pointing people to Jesus, but but don't forget to pray for the person that you're discipling. So if it's your kids, pray for your kids. If it's somebody at church or somebody in your in your former ward or in your neighborhood or a friend, family member, friend, whatever, just pray for them. Don't just meet with them once a week and go over a topic with them and help them maybe go through the pursuit or leaving well or whatever. That's all really good. But but you know if you meet with them on Tuesday. Make a commitment to pray for them on Wednesday and Friday and Sunday, whatever. Like make a make a concerted effort to bring that. I mean, it's one of the best things you can do for somebody is to pray for them. Pray that God would 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 use your words. Pray that God would open their ears. Pray that you would be able to hear each other. Pray that they would see everything that you've been seeing about the Bible and about who Jesus is. So just pray, man. That's one of the most powerful things you can do. I don't know how. I don't know really how how much of an emphasis prayer is to Mormons, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about formal prayers with these and thous. I'm not talking about something you might do at, at the ward building. I'm not talking about a public prayer. I'm talking about just making a commitment to hit your knees for that person, and uh, and and maybe even keep a prayer journal. I've done that. I keep a, it's digital, but I keep a prayer journal right on my phone, and I've been pray since the day I met you guys. I've been praying for you guys. And I know you do that as well. So, KD, maybe I'm I'm taking a leap here, but I bet you that a prayer journal is more the kind of thing that you would do than Bo. So, tell us about how you pray for the people that you mentor. Yeah, I I don't do it as well as I probably should, but I do like to um, ask. I'll even ask the people that I'm mentoring. Hey, I would love to pray for you. What what can I what can I pray for? you know, that's in your life, just in case that there's something they haven't shared with me yet. And they, that makes them maybe have a little bit softer heart and say, yeah, I would actually love it if you could pray for my husband or my kids or, or, you know, my heart would be softened towards whoever, you know, so mm, I write those things down, whatever they've requested. And then I often pray that, um, God will speak through me because I, I don't, I'm not eloquent. I don't have really great words. <laughs> but um if God can speak through me then I know that then I know that they'll feel his love. So is that something that that is normal for a Mormon to hear? Like, hey, how can I be praying for you? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Is that something that would be pretty normal in the Mormon church or would that be weird for someone to hear? No, I think that would be pretty normal, right? Prayer is a um obviously emphasized in the in the Mormon church. Um but I do think it's it's important not only to let them know that you're praying for them but also just to ask them you know what can we pray, what can we be praying for because it, it starts the conversation and and i think a lot of times we hear about um maybe doctrinal issues that they're holding on to or things that they didn't realize would be a challenge and now that now is a challenge as they're beginning to leave mormonism or um you know things that they're trying to understand about christianity or or the conversation they're about to have with their parents that they're really nervous about so there's yeah there there's a lot that it opens up, um, but obviously the power of God is better than anything I can do or say, and so um, definitely we want to make sure that we're praying. Yeah, and I think something kind of interesting is like if there's something big in your life, a lot of times Mormons will put your name in, on the prayer rolls at the temple um, because that's supposed to be the most holy place, um, but a fun little you know, contrast is that as a believer, you are a temple and with the Holy Spirit, you can pray for these people and it is very powerful. That's good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. 
listens. God listens when you pray. You don't have to go to a special place for it. He listens. And um, yeah, you are the temple. That's good. That's a great insight. Guys, we did it. We finished the pursuit 12 weeks. Wow, this is so cool. So let me just a couple little things to tidy up for our listeners. So you've just finished up listening to the to the LD, what are we calling this? The the LDS investigator edition of the pursuit, right? It's the LDS investigator. So if you go to pursuegod.org, go to the Mormonism page, pursuegod.org forward slash Mormonism, you'll find the pursuit for LDS investigators. Now there's more than one version of the pursuit at Pursue God. There's the regular version that we took you guys through because we didn't have this yet. Um, And now we have the LDS investigator edition of this. It's perfect for people who really are ready to um, make their journey out of the Mormon church into biblical Christianity and really understand what it means to be a biblical Christian, a full circle follower of Jesus. Again, we've encouraged people to start with the Leaving Well series, that's four weeks, and then that just perfectly moves right into the pursuit for LDS investigators. And then continue to use other topics at PursueGod.org to to, uh, walk with somebody um, who's discovering the truth of biblical Christianity, just like you have. Bo and Katie, I'm so glad you guys are doing this. Um, And I hope many, many, many people will follow in your footsteps. Hey, listeners, before we sign off, we just want to tell you where we're going to be going in the next few weeks now that we're done with the pursuit. So, Bo, next week, we're going to talk about the rebranding of the Mormon church. Yeah, you know, if anybody goes to Google right now on Google Maps and searches for churches near you, pay attention to those Mormon churches because they no longer say they're Mormon churches. And they also got rid of the Angel Moroni icon on Google Maps. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's a cross. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe it because they've come a long way from saying they are not a Christian denomination. Now they're basically saying that they are. So anyway, that'll be next week. Tune in. That's going to be a fun one. And then KD, in two weeks, we're going to explain Bible translations to Mormons. Yeah, that'll be really good because I personally have come to really love the NIV. Um, There's also a lot of other ones. Um, But as a Mormon, I didn't trust any of those other translations besides the King James Version. Yeah, and we'll talk about the difference between a translation and a paraphrase. It's going to be super, super helpful for people coming out of Mormonism. We'll give you some really practical tips about how to read different Bible translations. And then, Bo, in three weeks, we're going to talk about what to do with your Mormon box of doubts. And this was a phrase that I heard you say the other day, and I'm like, oh, we got to do a topic on that. Yeah, well, it's what I did, right? I I put all of my doubts in this box and I shoved it in the corner and uh, forgot about it, right? So I think a lot of Mormons are in that spot right now where they've they've piled up all of these doubts or concerns and they've had no one to talk to about it and they didn't know what to do about it. So excited for that one. Okay, so listeners, tune in in these next few weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And don't just tune in for yourself. Make sure to share the podcast with a friend. Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.